0: Don't look there now. Okay. I'll get better at these PowerPoints as we go along, but for today, just when I do this, it's here, baby. Um, but when, so through this whole thing, it's the concept of when I say don't be like Tarzan, it is when, when Tarzan goes through, in fact, sorry, Zach, First, first thing, first little slide. When Tarzan goes from one branch to another, He doesn't look backwards. He doesn't, he's not, should I do this? Should I, should I, should I stay or should I go? He does not. There is intentionality. There is confidence to let go of the old and with the other hand or foot with such confidence grabbing on to the new. Um, There are going to be paradigm shifts. There's going to be mindsets. There's going to be, you know, you hit on it so beautifully. He makes everything beautiful in his time. Even if something looks messy right now, God will bring beauty out of it because it's the nature of the kingdom. No matter what you are facing in your life, if something has been burned by strange fire, there is fresh kingdom fire that will burn the enemies that caused that thing in the first place and help you to grow through it. But God brings beauty in everything. All right. So the Tarzan mentality is we learn to let go of things old way of doing things. We look ahead and we grab onto the new. One time my husband had a dream a while back and in the dream he was driving this awesome car and it was a green road except his head was facing backwards and he said it was so scary and yet that's how so many times we do it we have an awesome car God has given us amazing vehicles of unseen power and proportion and yet we want to look backwards while we're steering because God's already enabled. He's given us the grace. He's given us the capacity to overcome and to move forward. All right. third slide, Zach. What worked for us in the last season is going to frustrate you in the new. You know, even this whole thing of the new normal, I hate that word, the new normal, because it's not normal. There's nothing normal about it. And yes, it's new and new you know, we're going to have to adapt. We're going to have to be adapters of change. But what I see now, there's nothing normal about it. And so I don't even have that word in my vocabulary. Um, it is, I hold, even today's current circumstances, it's like in my heart, in the grid of the wineskin of my heart, I hold it with very loose hands when things happen. It's, it's that I'm getting ahead of myself. But it is, what has worked in an old season will not work in the new if that has to do with your family. You have a kid who needs some extra fivefold language, no. <laughs> you, ha- you have, you know, I, and here's the thing with kids, they're malleable. Kids are malleable, they, they, they're wet clay. Any kid can be worked with. There's for all of you watching, because I certainly don't see any of you here with wayward children. So it must be for you on the internet. <laughs> My kids are at home, by the way, watching me on the internet. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the thing about, and this is the infinite and the finite again, is God is immovable. When things are shaking and changing, he isn't. He is absolutely. Absolutely immovable. He is your security. He is your stronghold. And that is not dependent on what country you're in, what circumstance you're in, what you're facing, what you've just come out of, what you're about to go through. He is unchanging. Everything around him is not. It's it's moving. It's changing. It's shaped. It's and in this I say God's ways are ever evolving, while He is our constant and immovable, steady rock. He is always moving, and in His kingdom, things get rearranged, shifts and shapes. It shifts and shapes everything it comes into contact with. It's once again that grid inside of us that needs to learn to be flexible. Now there's some personality types that are naturally more geared towards that, and there's others that are not. They're naturally more rigid. You typically find those who are teachers or the type A's they are, this is how you do things. You don't do things any differently. It, if it fits in a box, it should be in a box. Don't not put that thing in a, in a circle. And then you got the, it's a circle. It can go in anything, dude. <laughs> you, want, you want to keep that square, in the square? Why? And so it's even learning yourself. You know what? I tend to be more rigid. I, I'm not, but I'm saying people's personality types. I tend to be more rigid. Therefore, God, help me to learn how to be able to be more flexible, to, um, I mean, it's very simple, but go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. Not get stuck. Have you ever seen Tarzan hold on to one one branch for too long? No, I haven't. Let me tell you a quick two-minute story. I think I've told you from the pulpit before. So I, silly little not over here when i was in my early 20s i decided to be like tarzan and i climbed up a tree in south africa and i got onto a zip liner only problem was the zip liner was over a mountain and there was no water underneath and that it, it kind of took off it was supposed to come back to the same place only it had been raining the previous night and the handle was very wet and I did not have the strength to hold on to that zip line, and I fell down that mountain. And I snapped the bone, this bone in my leg all the way through my skin, and they had to come and drag me up the mountain and take me on a farm road to a hospital, and I had two surgeries. I still have pins and needle I mean, not pins and needles. Pins and screws and all that good stuff. So, don't be like Nicole. Be like Tarzan, <laughs> where you... Where you hang on and w- when you let go, there you know in God, in God, there is always something to hold. Like as you release, you hold on to. But do you know how many times that, that thing doesn't, the, the new one doesn't come to you until you make a choice? God, okay, I'm going to let go of the old. Then all of a sudden, and it, it's not even that in the natural, you've even shown other people that you've let go of the old, but in your heart you've said, I'm letting go of the old. Then all of a sudden the solutions and the answers and the help and the resources and everything starts to come your way. But while you're stuck in land, should I stay or should I go? It's like the double-mindedness will overwhelm you. Confusion, disorientation, and fear will paralyze you. When you've made the decision of, okay, Lord, I'm going to let go because you do supply my future. All right. um, Zach, the next screen, please. Aren't these cool? All right. Isaiah 43. This is Okay, so this scripture has been around for eons, right? Except there is such a fresh, new life and light. There's some, there is a spotlight on it in the earth to the body at large. I am doing something brand new. Something unheard of. I hope you're getting excited, something unheard of. Even now, it sprouts and grows and matures. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert. Child of God, how do you perceive? Says, don't you perceive it? Do you know that internally you're like this? Um, you're like this octopus with a gazillion legs inside of you, in your spirit, man, and in your spirit, you're, you're constantly inside of you. You are so much bigger than what you see in your body. So there's things coming out of you in the spirit, your DNA, your spirit DNA. And they're connecting with, and they're touching. And it's like, uh, I mean, start studying quantum physics and realm, and you'll, you'll get into all that. But it's, you are so, you are one huge, mighty womb. You're able to collect and bring in and, and, and grow and yield and, and develop. That, that what God has in an unseen realm It first needs to be developed inside of you and then he unleashes it to a seeing realm. You know where God says he doesn't do anything in the earth until he tells his friends the prophets? Think about that. He doesn't do anything in the earth unless he tells his friends the prophets. Why? What do the prophets normally do? They're doing what I've just told you now. It's the awareness of I pull in to my realm and my sphere and through revelation and me perceiving I am impregnated with what is in the unseen realm so that I can make it come to pass. Um, let's talk practically. So we have protests in Monroe Park last night, right? And... Um, it turned violent and we have some gates in the spirit realm that are wide open to some anarchy. Peaceful protesting, I am awful. Go ahead. So I'm not against, you know, people not, yeah, protesting. But when there's anarchy, when there's violence, when there's um, things that harm and destroy the city, that's not good. We as a body of believers are called to stand on the gates and close the gates, shut down the gates. So what does that practically look like? So we, um, you know, get word of these little meetings here and there, and, and and practically I say, God, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that I'm a gatekeeper. We're all gatekeepers. And so as a gatekeeper, I stand on the wall of my city, And we just place angels that instead of, you know, violent demons standing at these gates, we put angels of a living guard. And I plead the blood of Jesus over these gates. And I close down the gate to violence. And I open up the gate to light. I open up the gate to life. And, you know, there's so much fear and tangible, like tangible fear. You know, I, I walked in my neighborhood and um lots of lots of beautiful beautiful unsaved people and they are um you know so riddled with crazy fear and you hear them and then and so this is what agreement looks like you want to know what demonic agreement looks like oh you know this group is meeting oh yeah they're going to destroy everything oh yeah they're just going to destroy oh yeah That's agreement with an unseen enemy to bring, that you invite stuff into your spaces and places. So are we to, when we are aware of things going on in the natural realm, we can use our spiritual authority to shut down gates. And there's so many things that... um, I believe we allow in our places and spaces that we could actually stop as we come together. The K, I love what you spoke about the body and about one. And remember, that was very, you're an amazing teacher. I love that about you. And, um, but in this, we're the body, this is our city. We got to come together and stand at gates, spiritual gates and spiritual high places, and say, Not on my watch, together as a body, this is our city, right? People who say, Don't get in politics. The kingdom of God overarchs every sphere. Politics is just one of the spheres. Science, the kingdom of God. Over arcs, science, education, technology, media, why do you think we have such trashy films and nonsense because the church, that church, not this church, that church did not they they wanted to hide away under a stone and give the media mountain over to people who were not godly, so now you have this sleuth gate of Nonsense coming through the media gate when we 're supposed to occupy the gates i 'm praying for godly filmmakers and screenwriters and comedians and um, in every sphere right but he says here you know when you perceive things whatever whatever sphere you 're in, you have to perceive things that if that God is doing something new. And even if you don't know what it is, because initially when, when you perceive, you're like, I, I know it's there. It's like, I feel like I've got a blindfold on. This, you know, this is me walking through some spiritual atmosphere sometimes. I know it's there, God. I know you're telling me. And it's like me looking through a dust storm and then all of a sudden the dust starts to fall and I see these, you know, like in these movies where you see the electronic lights when somebody's trying to get to the vault. And then all of a sudden you see the lights. It's like the blueprint being unfolded. Well, that's what it's like in the spirit. It's like he shows you, but you have to lean in. Open your heart. Perceive, God. Do you not? He asks a question, do you not perceive it? If you don't perceive it, God, I want to perceive it. You know, in the scripture it says, the meat that you meet out will be meted back to you. The measure that you measure out is measured back to you you have as much of God as what you want. You have as much of revelation and understanding as what you want. If you press in and lean your ear towards wisdom, she'll give it to you. And so you're like, God, I know you're doing something new in the earth. I know you're doing something new on every sphere of society. Show me what it is. And here's the thing. He doesn't just want to put it in your, wo- in your spiritual womb. He wants to grow it and mature it. Because what happens to a seed that's been planted in a mother's belly that has grown and matured? What couldn't be seen now starts to show. And eventually you give birth to something healthy and strong and full-blown. Harvest renewal, you're giving birth to something. And it's healthy. And it's, it's, it's growing. And it's going to look different. Do you not perceive it? Uh, Zach, next slide, please. When you perceive it, you get to see things from the inside out. That's the first key. To see things from his way, he will first show you in your heart, in the incubator, in the in the incubator, in your heart, right? And then we get to cultivate it. We get the choice to grow it out. All right, um, Zach. The next slide. I'm going to be talking a little bit about wineskins. The wineskin or internal spiritual womb, or your grid that you dream from. Dreaming about your future, you're dreaming about the future of the city, you're dreaming about the future of your family. Anything that you have a future in, you have a wineskin for it to grow, right? Everybody has a wineskin. God gave everyone. It's not Tagurit. It's everyone has one. So it's that construct inside of you that is able to hold, expand, and grow that which God is growing in an unseen realm to be able to eventually manifest it into the seeing realm. It happens individually and it happens corporately. Wineskins are, we all have them. Um, Zach, the next slide. No one puts new wine into old wine skins. We've heard this before. He does, the wine will burst the skins. The wine is lost, the bottles destroyed, but the new wine is to be put in new, fresh wineskins. Please note, in the scripture, it's not that God is focusing on the new wine. It's on the wineskin. Alright? New wine is. God always has new wine to give. He is always pouring out himself in new ways. He is unleashing. He's He's always fresh. God is never stale. We get stale. And if we come too stale, we got to know we moved away from him too far. He is always has new wine. All right. Then the um, next slide, Zach. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Okay. Let me explain this. I learned some very interesting facts. So this is what wineskins look like, right? And... The correct terminology for an old wineskin is not, it's, it is new and old, but, the, I mean, sorry, for the new wineskin is fresh wineskin. It's not just a new wineskin, it's a fresh wineskin, because guess what? You can take an old wineskin, clean it out, soak it in oil, and it becomes fresh again. And uh, obviously, we're not talking about age. We're talking about mindsets, heart ability, flexibility, all right? And you know, that, you know that saying, you can't teach a dog new tricks? That's a familiar spirit. That's something that comes in to create that old wineskin. So what happens is wineskins are made of goat skin, not not leather, you know, not the typical beef, because leather stretches, 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 and it's put. It's got this lining in it, and they pour the wine in there. The wine starts to create gas, and it expands, and that old wineskin gets rock solid, hard. It gets really, really hard, so that it's immovable. It's rigid, inflexible. So you take wine out of there, you try put new wine in. What happens? The wineskin breaks because it's immovable and inflexible. The new wine is super malleable. It gives, it's able to, I live, he lives, moves, and has his being in through me, around me. All right. So you, your heart, your grid, your womb is like a wineskin. The old wineskin is inflexible, rigid, and lose its elasticity. Your heart. The new wineskin is flexible, able to yield itself, allows that which is in it to expand and grow, so you intentionally carry room for growth within your heart. And in the old, it's... The letter of the law kills, the spirit of the law brings life. Okay, let me say this. You know when Moses came down and bought the letter, the written letter, to the people of God? I don't know if you guys remember, but basically, the Israelites, they were having a party down there. And they were, they were worshiping the golden calf. They were, Moses, you dissed us, you're out of here, we feel abandoned. And in their flesh, man, man, they had a party, right? So Moses comes down there and basically... Three thousand people are killed that day. So the written law comes and three thousand people are killed. Do you remember what happens on Pentecost? Holy Spirit comes. Three thousand people were given new life. Were were moved on by hope they got to witness, they got to experience the Holy Spirit. They were not killed. The letter of a law, um, when somebody has a a heart, not heart a, a grid that is more rigid and flexible, you're not willing to listen to the opinions of others and learn. You are highly offendable. And you get offended over everything. So everything is personal. It's all about you. You have a victim mentality. And so somebody does anything and you are offended, right? It is rigid and it is snarly and it's going to bite you, bite you. Um, when you have, so interpersonal relationships, what does that look like? Somebody does something to you or doesn't do something for you and you did this. The evil eyes come out and you know, versus the heart that is um i it's a, basically it says is God, I want my disposition before you where my heart is soft and my 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 way it's like i'm flexible if if I thought things were going to look away and they look like something else that's okay, I trust you it's okay i I trust you more than what I thought the outcome of this thing would be. Even though I, re- God, I believe for this and I feel like you're giving me the grid and blueprint for this. So that's what I'm going for. But God, if I'm wrong and I miss it, it's okay because you're not expecting me to be perfect. That's an old wineskin. God is excellent. But he's not a perfectionist. All right. I want everybody to stand up. We've done this before in Harvest. People are falling asleep. That's it. Stand up. All right. Put your right leg in. Shake it around. I'm serious. Get the blood flowing. That's what we do at home. My kids are watching sermons online. I'm like, that's it, people. Stand up. Put your left. Get the oxygen flowing. Move your arms around. Come on, guys. Move your arms around stretch, take a deep breath, breathe out, deep breath, breathe in, get some oxygen to the brain, sit down, we're ready to go again, all right, all right, Uh, next slide, Zach, fruits of different wineskins, okay, try not to read ahead, try, use that self-control, I know you have, all right, so In the old wineskin, there's perfectionism. It's done this way, and if you don't do it, I, oh my goodness, this is perfectionism for you. So I'm in the pool in my my subdivision last night. One of my neighbors is telling a story about how he went to go bless a neighbor of ours. The neighbor had hip surgery, and so this man, Tom, he went to go bless him. And one of the ways he wanted to bless him, and he did, he was very faithful in this, was mow his lawn, um, you know, blow his driveway, and doing it for nothing, Right, so while he's mowing this guy's lawn, he looks up at the house and he can see quickly the blinds close. So the guy is obviously watching him how he's mowing his lawn, right? So then he's like, you know, mows his lawn, and then he takes the blower out, you know, and he blows the driveway. Well, after the second day of him blowing the driveway, clearly the wrong way, this man comes out on his crutches. Grabs the blower, no jokes, grabs the bow and says, The way you blow my driveway and the way I blow my driveway, two different ways. And I just am so amazed at the humility of Tom. Because Tom's reaction was, You know, he's just, I didn't know the word. He goes, He's just a crudge mudden. And I was like, What's that? And he goes, he's just a grumpy bitter old man you know and i and he was like he's probably probably in a lot of pain and i just i just blew it his way what an amazing beautiful response right i was like i might have been like mm, thank you <laughs> but tom was so kind but that's perfectionist is unless it's done my way, and it's like, like, I'm not even gonna let you do it. And, um, that is not healthy, flexible wineskin. So God's way is excellent. He really does like things being amazingly good, but he's okay with us learning and failing and making mistakes. And he sees the attempt behind the scenario and he blesses us while still training us to become more excellent. There's not a harshness to him. All right. Um, The old is not open to doing it another way, like little Tom's neighbor. We will not mention his name. And the new is open to discovering what works better or a different way. Um, Old is backward focus, like my husband's dream, driving in that beautiful car of power and looking backwards, right? New is facing forward and looking to what can work and not what I lost, what I felt was working, what I had. No, that's an old wineskin. That's, that's an old thing that God wants you to let go. He's doing a new thing. Look forward. Um, so this next one has, I've spoken on this in the body of Christ. I travel, um, in a ministry and I speak to um, different fivefold people all across the nations. And this topic right here, because it can be construed as a cultural thing. And, um, kingdom always trumps culture. All right. Sometimes our cultures look a little bit like heaven and sometimes they don't. And when they don't, we need to tweak them to look like heaven because the kingdom trumps everything. So title versus function. All right. Um, so I say somebody walks in and they're an apostle. They function as an apostle It's not their title. Now, I understand that some people, like, you need to know who the apostle is or the point person. So, it's not bad to... Hear my heart. It's not that I'm saying you shouldn't ever do this. Because in some places you walk in and it's evangelist, you know, Jane Simon or prophetess, Ruha, Raha, Jane or whatever it is. But if you're... What I'm saying on the back front is if your identity is in your title, it's in the wrong place. It's an old wineskin. How many of you have been in churches where unless you called the person by their title, they felt disrespected? It's an old it 's not kingdom culture, I am so grateful, like Pastor Doug, if I introduce him to my friend as this is this is doug he 's my pastor, or this is Pastor Doug, he could care less. he is so unfazed, he 's so secure in who he is, he just doesn 't care right it 's not um, um, so when somebody typically you know introduces themselves to me as because many times in these meetings. I am apostle so-and-so. In my heart, I'm like, and this is just to give you the undergirding of understanding for the grid. It's, I don't necessarily say anything. Sometimes I do, because I'm not afraid to confront. But in my heart, I'm like, you're not my apostle. You might be an apostle to an amazing group of people, and you might be an apostle in the body but you're not necessarily my apostle. Like the people who are apostles in my life that have given themselves over to me in relationship and I, it's like I nurse from them. I pull from their anointing. I pull from their grace. I don't mind calling them apostles so-and-so. But when we start getting, again, our identities in those things, then we'll start trying to in an old wineskin kind of way, yielded as my title gives me permission to do something in your life that relationship has not um, paid for. You understand? Do you understand? <laughs> uh, what time do we finish, Brian? Crap. All right. Um, the last thing here is change is driven by necessity and crisis. That's an old wineskin. And the new one is change is driven by innovation and continual learning. That's churches. That's families. That's education systems. That's change should not be driven. That's a finite mentality. All right. Um, Zach, skip number 11, please. And put on number 12. Sometimes this is how we feel when we let go of things. Ah, as we let go and we feel like there's nothing to hold on to. And we feel like we're about to go off. there's, There's circles covering a bulldozer. We're like, what are we getting into? And God is so faithful, even if we let go in the wrong places, to redirect us onto a ground that is stable, immovable. If our eyes are locked with His, don't Worry about making mistakes in the kingdom. He isn't. He's not concerned with you being perfect or having to do it right. Or you know, it's like I was sitting um, speaking to a niece of mine. She's in eleventh grade and she's petrified about making the wrong decision with her career. I went to university and I did um, double major in English and History and I got my postgraduate education. I never went into teaching. Did, were those years wasted? No. You know what happened in those years? I met Jesus. I got born again. I got spirit-filled. I made, do you know Pastor Bill Bennett? He's, he's the man who um, I met when in college. He, he planted a church on my college campus. I still have a relationship with that man and that family today. They're on our apostolic board at this church. All right. Um, Let me see here before you change anything. All right. Zach, just because of time, go to number 14, please. Look at that awesome thing. All right. This is God's voice speaking to his people. So it's like you and I, right? And he's saying, beware of becoming like foreigners. Who are foreigners? They're people who are not in the kingdom. All right? He says, beware of becoming like foreigners and of letting the fear of their gods possess you. When you see the multitudes, those foreigners, when you see them bowing before them and worshiping them, but say in your heart, it is you, Lord, who we must worship. How do you worship something? You give it your time, you give it your attention, and you give it your money. Are you worshiping fear right now? I'm going to give it straight out. Are you worshiping coronavirus? I just felt that one bristle all over the show. Are you worshiping a god of mammon, infirmity, greed? Are you giving it your time and attention? Remember that you are a womb. And that which you conceive inside of you, it will grow. And I'm going to, a um, very, very dear friend of mine that I know, she's just so beautiful. And she was in a toxic situation with her family, moved out, stayed with another family member. And God woke her up one morning, because God had been telling her to leave. She didn't have anywhere else to go. She didn't know anybody else. And God said to her, woke her up one morning and said, if you do not leave, he said, no, he said, You are pregnant with death. And if you do not leave this house, you will give birth to death. And it scared the living daylights out of her. And she left. And you know where she went? She lived in her car. And for a couple of days, she was staying in her car. She was so determined Mm -hmm. to let go. And after a few days, a random person was like, Hey, where are you staying? And she didn't answer, and the person was again, I asked you where you're staying. And the person didn't answer, and she asked again, You need to tell me now where you're staying. And the girl said, I'm living out of my car. And that person was like, You're coming home with me tonight. And she stayed with this family for quite a few months. And how God moved her then into her own space and place. And God moved her into another space that was her own. Don't think that there are no options if God is telling you to move forward. To let go. Your supply many times won't come to you until you've let go. All right. When you let go, you create space for something better. I love that she's holding on to the moon, not letting the sun come up. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> All right. I'm going I'm to end on this. Is so one of the things also that we see, like in church grids, right, um, was denominationism so you go to this church, you learn this thing, you have this theology. And, and then other people are like, whoa, you belong, what church do you go to? Oh, you, you have that theology. I can't, you're different than me. I can't associate with you, right? So there's this young girl who has heard of um, Jackie Hill Perry. She's an amazing, very strong, fiery, fiery minister. And so Jackie is typically from, I would say, more the Southern Baptist um, sort of that that group of churches. She's a very powerful, powerful lady. And Christine Kane from Propel. So she invited Jackie in to speak at one of her one of her events, in fact, quite a few of her events. Jackie gets up there, man, she just you know, speaks and prophesies the hero for you. I mean not prophesy, but speak, preaches the hero for you. She's amazing. Well, what happened was some of, in the old wineskins, some of the old people who had Jackie on their speaking schedule came back to her and was like, that bullying and intimidation, the cancel culture? Hmm. I see you on a platform with these people. Was, you know, with Jen Johnson and um, Lisa Bevere and all this. And, and Jackie was like, yep. And they're like, well, we're, we're very concerned about you. She's like, what are you concerned about? She said, you know, and Jackie was like, I'm speaking to an audience that God has put me in front of that I know God is telling me to do, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do, right? Well, they started canceling her left, right, and center. And we're talking these huge conventions, and the people that sent out their little blurbs of, you know, "We're, we're, we're very highly sorry about Jackie and the way she's turning out, right? You know what Jackie's response was? So she... She put out something on Twitter, and she was very honoring. She wasn't dishonorable. She wasn't like poop on you. But her final statement was this. She said, so, yeah, just in case you think I'm part of your tribe, just know that I'm not. I'm too free for that. There are things that your past, some of those branches, they want to squeeze you into a mold and a model that you used to belong in. But you're growing and you're bigger and it might bring new associations into your life. And the old will cry, if you're loyal to me, you won't do this. True conversations in my neighborhood two, two nights ago in the pool. Two women, they're my age. It's crazy people act like kids these days. Anyway. They don't like each other. One mom says something. Other mom says something. You know, what I said to both of them, and I mean, they were being pretty snarly. And I just looked at them and said, you know what? I said, I don't play politics in friendships. I said, I'm allowed to be friends with her, and I'm allowed to be friends with you. And I said, um, your friendship with her is your friendship with her. I said, I'm not going to not be friends with her because I'm friends with you. I said, but that also means that I'm not going to not be friends with you because I'm friends with her. So... My friendship with you is very safe, and my friendship with her is very safe. And I just cut through the crap. Next night at the pool, those two ladies in the pool, they were standing on opposite sides of the pool. Guess what? I went to the one. Hey, how you doing? Went to the other. Good to see you. They're still not talking to each other. I don't care. We are not called to be somebody else's pawn by loyalty. That is a political Game And you know what? It infiltrates the church. I don't have to not be friends with someone because you're friends with them. Even in church denominations or personal squabbles or anything, we are free to be who God has called us to be in ever life we're in. And the, the final slide. Ta-da! I'm too free for that. All right, stand up, everybody. Man, you guys are amazing, anointed, incredible. Seriously, no jokes. So blessed. So honored. Wow. Amazing. So, if anything was highlighted to you today, and for those of you at home, where you're like, you know what, I'm a little bit rigid in this area. And I have some judgments or wineskins, and it's kind of made me hot on the outside. I need some cleaning, and I need to soak in the oil of the Holy Spirit so that I can be made to have a fresh wineskin again. And even if you are asking for solutions, you've got some problems, and you need some solutions to soak in God and allow him to make you malleable is such a key so I want you to open up your heart close your eyes open up your arms that is all that does is it opens up your your spirit man your body your spirit follows you open up yourself say father i am willing to be softened I am willing to give up my harsh jagged edges show me how Father cover my cover my trigger buttons on what makes me harsh and critical at times heal my heart and help me to be that fresh wineskin. All right, now I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for these beautiful sons and daughters, everyone watching, everyone here. God, your spiritual wombs, your You're incubators of life and light and power. God, you're so creative and majestic, and yet you create that life inside of us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Thank you that you expand and you stretch. God, help us to see the infinite over the finite. Even now, Lord, we open our hearts up to the fresh oil of Holy Spirit. Is there anybody here that has not been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Anyone here that's not spiritual, you haven't been prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Thank you for your lush, showering, overshadowing, showering of the holy oil, glazing over us (laughs) like a Krispy Kreme donut with that icing that just gets into everything, Lord. God, we're so sticky and saturated with everything of who you are. Just amazing, Lord. You're so sweet. You're so sweet. Your presence is so tangible and able to be felt. You're not an absent out there, God. Soften us. Make us soft.